I love, again, I'm not going to slam the show because I love the show. I've been a yeah. Survivor fan since the first, well, I didn't see the first one. Well, you look um, like Jeff Probst today. Well, I so appreciate that. <laughs> Hope Talk, a PCM podcast. So we're hanging out this morning on the Hope Talk podcast with Kimberly Baylor Wilson. Oh, how did you find that? How did I find that? Well, you know, we have our way. Good old really... Google. Probably. Probably, probably so. Probably that. When was the last time you heard it actually said that way? The first time. That was the first time I've heard it. Get out like of town. That. Yeah, because... Mom never used that growing up? No, we both... It was a friend of hers all growing up. She named me after her. Okay. But Baylor was a family name, so I've always gone by Baylor. Okay. So I forget my first name is Kimberly. <laughs> but we were actually just talking about it, that legally it's kind of a, a nightmare sometimes because, you know, my teachers or, you know, airports or whatever, they'll say Kimberly Wilson. And I'm like, oh, who yeah. are you talking about? But it's me. So, yeah. yeah. See, I've got... Well, my youngest son is William Chipper Gokey. Okay. And so he goes by Chipper. Right. And so the same thing. So you understand. William, huh? Who's that? Who's that? Exactly. You're talking to. Um, So three years until you're 30. Yes. uh, And what do you hope to accomplish between now and then? Well, I hope to put out multiple more songs, uh, more singles. I hope to write more music. Um, I hope to, um, we want to buy a house, possibly build one. Oh, um, which could take three years, you know, well, and, it, and it could cost you your marriage too. Yeah, no, it will not. No, he, would you? Would you and your husband both do well at building yeah, a house I think, and picking well, out stuff together? He's in construction. Oh, he okay. works in construction. So yeah. he, his dad owns a roofing company, and he works for him. And so he would kill it. I would just come along and be like, "Wait, I want to change this, right?" And that, and he'd be like, "No, babe, we're we already decided." I'd be like, "Okay, fine." Um, yeah, he can talk me pretty much out of anything, which is good. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know. What else? I want to um, possibly have a baby uh, in the next three years. We'll see. God's timing is perfect, so we'll see. I might wait. Um, Man, I don't know. Definitely not go back on Survivor. (laughs) We're going to dive into Survivor here in just a little bit. But before that, you were a cheerleader. From yes, what I understand, I was. I was a um, any future competition with the guys from Kane? You know, you know up? that'd be kind of fun. Uh, Logan could throw me up in a toss hands. He'll yeah. know what that is. Um, I know what that is. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I know um, awesome. Yeah, too, okay. So. Look at you. <laughs> you know, if Logan is around and available, and um, I didn't eat fried chicken that day, <laughs> then sure, he can throw me up in a stunt. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Can you still tumble? I can still do handstands with like on command. Okay. Um, I haven't thrown. Let's see. I guess I did throw a round off by can spring back tuck on a tumble track there you go. recently in the last six months because I coached um, Independence High School in Nashville for like a season yeah. this past year. And so, I, of course, like my cheer bug got, you know, reignited. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm obsessed with this again. And I threw a standing back tuck, too. So that was a big deal. Were the girls um, impressed? Oh, yeah. They were like, oh, you're like actually legit. You know, <laughs> of course, uh, they didn't believe me until... I showed them. Sure. Um, but no, I haven't. I feel like I would pull a hammy if I tried to do a jump or anything else. Yeah. Any twisting um, tricks. In my uh, stalking, I mean, my research <laughs> of you, um, I, I found that you cheered at Belmont, but you thought and your heart was set on Oklahoma. Yes. And you just knew you were going to get that. But then you, why did you just know you were going to get that? Well, my mom actually owned and ran an, a cheerleading gym in Texas. Okay. So I'm from Dallas and she ran this huge gym in the Dallas um, Metroplex area with all these cheerleaders everywhere running around. I was the coach's kid, just like 
bossing everybody around, yeah. following my mom. And so I grew up in that sport. It wasn't just like cheerleading for football, which I did that too, but this is like competitive cheer. So this mm-hmm. is like every weekend competitions, you know, practice three times a week, yeah. breaking 11 bones, like the whole wow. thing. Um, and so when I got to my senior year of high school, I had already um, started writing songs, like kind of in my bedroom secretly. <laughs> but I was also cheering full time still. And that was my dream. Like I just wanted to be, my dream at 18 was become a college cheerleader, marry a football player and have babies. And that was it. Wow. Um, I didn't see past that yard line, if you know what I mean. And so, yeah, I go down to Norman, Oklahoma, because my family was OU fans, and mm-hmm. try out for cheer, and I didn't make it. I was devastated. I was like, are you kidding? I'm the best cheerleader wow. I know. I had so much pride, <laughs> uh, cheer pride, and I didn't make the team, and we go back to this bed and breakfast that day, and um, my mom and I actually meet the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. Yeah. Uh, which you might have found out in your stock. I mean, sure. research. Yeah, research. Research. Uh, yeah, and we met them, and Jeff Hanna is the lead singer of the band, and he uh, he was like, so what are you doing in Norman? And I'm like, well, I don't know anymore, Jeff. <laughs> and, you know, I didn't know how big of a deal he was. I, I didn't, yeah. I was also just so 18, and I just thought I knew everything. And I was devastated that I didn't, you know, make this dream come true. Um and make my stepdad proud at that time because he was the OU fan. And so I was like, there was so much on my shoulders at that point. So when that door closed, it was actually God's mercy because I meet Jeff Hanna and he's like, well, do you play guitar and all this stuff? And I'm like, well, yeah, I have three songs that are terrible. (laughs) Played him one of them. And he literally said, what are you doing in Norman? You need to move to Nashville. And that was like the first moment where, A, he was like fathering me, you know, just as a, a pseudo father in that moment. And B, I felt like that was the first time that I was having ears to hear God's plan for my life. Like, yeah. you need to go, you need to move from home. You know, you need to get out of this this thing. And so I did. Yeah, I moved to Nashville. It was a big deal at 18 to move all the way. And then I, yeah, and then I started going to Belmont. Couldn't give up the cheer thing for right, a second. Right, So I cheered there for one year. It, um, from what I understand, you, you, like me, in college, not the best of students. Yeah, maybe not the best. adequate, but not yeah, the best. Yeah, I only failed two classes. That's not bad. And, and I repeated them. <laughs> I repeated them. I, I took them again. And um, there's a funny joke in my family, which we think this is funny. Some people would not think this is funny. But at the end of college, I was... <laughs> I can't even believe I'm telling you this. They um, they allowed me to walk the stage at graduation, but uh-huh. when they handed me the diploma, it was a fake diploma, blank one, a yeah. blank one, because I didn't pay a parking ticket. No way! Yes! Oh I'm like, my goodness. are you guys serious? Like, after all this, no, it's a joke now, because uh, three years later, so about a year ago, I got my diploma in the mail. Yeah. And I think I paid, I'm pretty sure I paid it, so no worries <laughs> for you rule followers out there. I paid it, but the funniest part was like, I posted on Instagram, like, I actually graduated yeah. three years later. So yeah, I wasn't the best student, but all the teachers did love me yeah. because I'm a relational girl. So like, you know, they helped me pass the class because I had to. Oh, yeah. Um, That's how I survived yeah. high school and college myself. I, know. I ended up majoring in Baptist Student Union when I should have been you know, in, <laughs> in my music classes. Exactly. And so, yeah. What's a common myth about cheerleaders? Well, that it's not a sport. That's go. the myth. There you go. That's the myth. I mean, I joke with my football player friends. I'm like, I think I've broken more bones than you and had multiple concussions. And have and you? in better shape, too. And I was in better shape. Uh, mm-hmm. Hopefully, I get back in shape. No. Um, yeah, it's just, it is a difficult sport. So, I think that's the, the common myth, is that it's actually difficult. What was the first song you learned to play on the guitar? Oh, 
every Sheryl Crow song <laughs> known to man. Um, probably Summertime. that or uh, a Beatles song, actually. Yeah. I'm looking through you. You're not the same. I think it's that. I can't remember the title. But it was a Beatles song, a Sheryl Crow song, and then I think I taught myself, oh, Wonderwall, of course. Oh, there you go. By uh, Oasis. I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. And so clear up this myth. Was that you on American Idol? It was. (laughs) Yes. That's incredible. There's been a lot of speculation about that. Yeah. So I was the girl that didn't make it on American Idol on the most recent season or two seasons ago. I don't know. I haven't caught up. But yeah, I was the girl that Katy Perry got my name wrong and Luke Bryan stood up for me. So I was like, yeah, Luke, let's go. Um, But yes, that was me. So where, where would you say home is right now? Dallas or Oklahoma? Neither. Neither Nashville is home. Okay. Yeah. I've, I've been in Nashville since 2012. Okay. So long enough to call myself a local. Um, and my husband's from there now. And so we live there. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm a Texas girl, you know, through and through. How many pairs through. of boots do you own? Ooh, definitely three. Okay. For sure. I can picture them right now. So maybe four. But if we're talking cowboy boots, three. Every other boot, multiple. Micah Tyler lives in Texas currently. He does. Zero. No way. Yeah. He says he's got work boots because the part of Texas he grew up in is like cowboy town. It's more oil rigs and stuff like that. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I just interviewed Micah Tyler for my podcast. Oh, did you really? Yeah. We're going to talk about that here in a little bit, that podcast. Yeah. Micah's awesome. But that's funny that he doesn't own cowboy boots. That's what he said. Because that is a common myth, too, about Texans is we're not all like in cowboy boots riding horses to school. Because I'm a Dallas girl. <laughs> so let me get that straight. Even though I love going to the rodeo, you know, I also love going shopping. Okay. So. Okay. Chris Tomlin only owes, actually, he doesn't own any cowboy boots himself right now. For real. Mm-hmm. Well, I own the yep. cute ones. Oh, there you go. Yeah. There you go. There yeah. you go. So, newlywed December 5th, by the way, is Thank your you. anniversary. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, actually, it was um, four months ago today. Exactly. I was getting to that point there. Happy four month anniversary. Thank you. Tell me about this man that makes your liver quiver. Oh, liver quiver. That's awesome. Well, his name's James. Last name Richfield. If you want to Google him, stalk him, go ahead. Uh, He's taken (laughs) by me. Um, Yeah, we met when we were 18. He was was in my first year seminar class at Belmont, and we actually sat next to each other. We were just buddies. I called him my goofy friend James. I would have never considered dating him uh, up until this past June when the Lord completely reconnected us through Instagram. I replied to his Instagram. Instagram story. Um, he posted about being on a boat uh, this past summer on the lake, and I'm a wakeboarder. Oh, there you go. And so I'm, I grew up water skiing, wakeboarding. And so I was like, James, whose boat is this? Totally using him for his boat. Uh, and he's, he was my friend, though. So I'm like, what, what's going on here? And so he invited me, and I showed up to his house. And seriously, I'm not kidding you, it felt like another veil was removed. Um, the first one was to Jesus, yeah. <laughs> and the second, and this one was James. Like, I was like, oh, James, like <laughs> you're really cute, and like you're a man, like you grew up, like it was just this crazy. Um, it's the construction business, yeah, well, probably so, <laughs> probably so. He he aged a little <laughs> from that, no, yeah, and and we we started talking and dating quickly after that, and he courted me for like I don't know four months, three five months, and we got uh, engaged in October and married in December. Wow. So it was a, it was very much so a God story. You know, he, yeah. the coolest thing about our friendship is that he was in like multiple pictures with me throughout college, after college. He even did a video. He's in video as well. And he did a music video for me when I was in country music promoting a, a house show tour that I was doing. Um, I actually think I came through through Chattanooga, oh, which is you. awesome. But 
yeah, he did this video for me. And so we've been friends for years. And so when everybody was like, wait, Baylor's getting married. I was like, no, no, no. I've known this guy forever. <laughs> and it's the Lord bringing us together. So so did you get a honeymoon then? Yes. We okay. went to Colorado and we went skiing. Okay. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. It was still kind of COVID-y because of COVID. Yeah. Um, we had to wear like a mask under our mask. And I'm like, what in the world? Yeah. But it's okay. It was so much fun. And it felt like we were, you know, the only two people in the world stuck That's in a little cool. igloo. Of love. <laughs> and yeah, he's precious. He's amazing. So you're a wakeboarder. Are you right-footed or goofy-footed? Goofy. Okay. Yep. Good deal. Goofy-footed. And, you know, I, I've, I've never tried the backflips or anything, but I definitely catch some some air. Okay. Yeah. All right. So now I know you've probably, it's such a big part of your life. We're going to mention Survivor 29, <laughs> uh, Nicaragua, fifth place, yep. Capo- uh Capoya Tribe? That's Capoya Tribe. Capoya yep. Tribe, which is Orange Buffs. I'm glad you um, remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Most votes cast against you that season. Let's go! 17. Thank you. In fact, I even read somewhere where you were like like number five on the top 25 villains. No. What makes that's you a some, villain that's on some, Survivor? That's not truth. That was some villain that wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I think my season specifically was out to get me, I'm pretty sure, because A, I was the youngest. Yeah. B, I tend to... And it was youngest ever. Youngest ever, yeah. yeah. Um, I think. There might have been one girl younger than me, but I never saw her season, so I consider myself the youngest. Um, so yeah, I was the youngest girl. Um, my mom and I just have this like very obvious bond, and so it was an immediate um, target on yeah. our back. And so, yeah, they just didn't like how friendly I was and how like... This girl could win, you know, she's athletic, sure. just just things that God gave me. They're gifts, like gifts of my personality. And that's the point of Survivor is like you don't want that person to win. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was so funny because I started getting voted out like, I mean, the first tribal council. I was the one I think I was almost voted out, um, but then I voted out the other girl. <laughs> and yeah, it was it was really hard because, you know, every tribal council, I'm sitting on the edge of my seat like, <gasps> But I'm also thinking I could be eating a cheeseburger right now. Yeah. Should I? You know yeah. what I mean? Um, but yeah, most votes cast against me, I think, the whole season, right? Yeah. That's what From you're what right? I understand. Yeah, understand. I think so. I think you're right. Did, did they, I love, again, I'm not going to slam the show because I love the show. I've been a yeah. Survivor fan since the first, well, I didn't see the first one. Well, you look um, like Jeff Probst today. Well, I so appreciate <laughs> that. We're going to do a little video work after this. It's incredible. Um, did they edit you in an accurate way? I think, think so. Good. I mean, at age 20 years old, mm-hmm. I was 20. I mean, let's just... Be real. And also that was pre-Jesus for me. Yeah. So, you know, as positive as I am before before Jesus, like, I mean, I'm out there starving. And I, I mean, I didn't have my almond milk latte. <laughs> or <laughs> she my, likes to shop. Remember. Or my pillow or, you know, just stuff like that, that we all take a, take for granted. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think they I mean, there's a few scenes that were a little edited, you know, because that's TV. Um, so you can't take it all for what it is, but for the most part, I think, you know, they were pretty, I think the producers liked us to be honest. And I think they enjoyed the fact that we are very raw and real Mm -hmm. in real life, not just for the show. Like my mom would share her story with anyone, not for the TV part, but because of her testimony. Uh, and it was just a hard thing that she walked through, you know? Yeah. And then me too. Like, I'm open and honest and I think they enjoyed that. I think they liked it because they realized, okay, well, they're not going to like hide anything so we might as well just 
like share it all and like not mess with it. Yeah. You know? How long did it take your lip to heal up from where, where your mom split it? Uh, a few days. Did, really? That yeah. Quick. Okay, oh, good. yeah. Good. It wasn't bad. It was, I, I was, that scene of, of that episode was so traumatic because I've broken my nose twice. Ouch. And so when she hit my mouth, I thought she broke my nose. Mm-hmm. And so there was so much drama in that moment because I'm thinking, Mom, you broke my <laughs> nose on national television, and it just hurts to break your nose. Oh, so yeah. if you have before, would you and your mom do it again? If they if they called you, the cast directors called you and said, "Hey, we've got another competition um, reunion show." I don't think we would do it together. I could be wrong. We'd have to call her up and see. She'd probably say, "Yes, sign me up." Right. Uh, but right. I would prefer to do it without her for the sake of not having to be worried about her, sure. and vice versa. Like it's hard when you're out there with a, a loved one. Um, because you can't really like play your own individual game. You're yeah. playing for two, you know? Oh, yeah. So yeah. I don't think we would do it again together. Gotcha. Maybe apart. How much did you actually see Jeff Probst while you were out there? Did he just kind of pop in real quickly, do the scene, yeah. surround ready, go, whatever, and then get out of the way? No, I mean, I saw him um, at least every other day okay. because we would do challenges, you know, mm-hmm. the, the athletic part, and then every – other day or every two or three days we would have tribal council and Jeff would be there um, but we're not allowed to like talk with him unless the cameras are on okay so because Survivor is one of my favorite shows for this reason is that it's more so filmed like a documentary yeah so there's not this like you know here's the script here's what you say right. like they the cameramen are hired to capture everything and if they don't they get in trouble and so when when the cameras are off we aren't allowed to speak Oh, wow. Yeah, because they don't want to miss anything, yeah. which is actually kind of nice because I can like chill for a second. Uh, <laughs> as as weird as that sounds, it was actually kind of great because I could just like pray to God that I'm okay <laughs> in those moments and just turn off the game mode. But yeah, I, I saw Jeff a lot. I really okay. did. So on your way over there on the plane to Nicaragua, you yeah. and your mom, were, I guess, were you, were you all together when you were flying we were. over there? Okay. Yep. So you know you were going to compete. But you knew only one of you could win the million dollars. Yep. Did you actually think on the way over there, oh, yeah, I got mom beat easy? Um, I didn't ever think of it that way. I definitely was like, this is going to be fun family competition, you know, because yeah. we're both super competitive. She's the one that made me competitive. Like, she raised me to be yeah. competitive Baylor. But... I mean, they definitely amp you up once you get there. Like, there were some interviews where they're like, Baylor, you're going to win, right? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and so I think athletic-wise, I definitely had her beat. Okay. Um, even though she is such a boss athletic-wise. Yeah. I mean, she's she's an athletic lady. Um, she's run multiple marathons. She could beat me in any race. But as far as strength goes, I could probably outlast that gotcha. part. Gotcha. So I didn't think, like, I'm going to beat my mom. I just thought I'm going to win. <laughs> yeah. In general, I was just like... I. I think I could win um, for whatever reason. So You were on the team or on the tribe, one of the tribes with John Rocker from the Atlanta Braves. Were you a baseball fan before you got there? Did you even know who he was? I wasn't a fan enough to know who he was okay. until someone told me. And then I figured it all out and, you know, was able to assess the situation. Gotcha. <laughs> you know, yeah, he was an interesting one. Um, God bless John Rocker. <laughs> <laughs> how, how did, what did Survivor, my last question here, Survivor, what, what did Survivor teach you about living life today as Baylor Wilson Christian artist? Yeah. Well, the first thing I always say to that question is gratitude, like genuine gratefulness, thankfulness for the smallest things that we all take for granted as Americans. You know what I mean? We just don't think to like, thank God for our toothbrush today, Mm -hmm. you know, and our pillow and our, uh, you know, steamy shower and 
running water, like yeah. things that we just, you know, because we've gone on mission trips and we see it and we see it for a week. And then you go back to the hotel. But then you go back to the hotel. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But when you're out there and you're living a life of like true survival mode, you know, you really take into account the things that you've taken for granted. So I've learned that. And I've also learned to um, to have genuine patience with different personalities. So like God made us all different. And like as the body of Christ, everyone's very different. And sometimes the only thing you have in common is Christ, (laughs) you know, and that's okay. And that's okay. Cause when we get there one day to heaven, like it's not about that anyways, like it's about him. So I've learned, yeah, gratitude and patience with personality types. Um, So I lied. One more question. Have you worn a buff since? Um, maybe to work out. Okay. All right. No yeah. worries. No worries. <laughs> uh, country music publishing deal. You had that. Any songs that we've heard that we'd be familiar with? Um, I don't know if you've heard of a song called A Man Won't, but okay. it was it was cut by an independent artist that I'm actually blanking on right now. Um, <laughs> so I probably haven't heard it out. It's, it's been released, but probably okay. not on the radio. Gotcha. Um, that's probably the only one. Other songs I, I, I tried to write for specific artists, Miranda Lambert, shout out, you know, just other artists that, that yeah. had, had them on hold, but never recorded them, which I think again was God's mercy, yeah. um, just to not allow certain things to happen in my life. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed that season of writing country. It totally like uh, grew my songwriting craft mm-hmm. in the way that I write songs now. I have such an appreciation for lyric and melody, and I really like hone in on it. I don't just write to write, you know, yeah. and throw spaghetti at the wall and hope it sticks. Sure. I'm like grooming the baby of the song, you know what I mean, and like growing it. Gotcha. So that that was a beautiful season of, of country music. There's a lot of country Christian duets that are out right I've now. Seen. Really, really popular. Yeah. Um, I just got a, uh, um, oh, who was it? Torn Wells did one with, I just heard it today for the first, Rascal Flats. Rascal Flats what? and Torn Wells. Yeah. Well, that's going to yeah. be epic. Are there any duets that you would think, oh my goodness, I would love to do a, a Christian country duet with that person? Well, it'd be really cool to do one with Brad Paisley because I was signed to him. Oh, there you go. So if he would hit me up, that would be epic. Another one is not necessarily country, but I would love to hit up Cheryl Crow mm-hmm. and we could do, you know, a little gospel moment because yeah. she's pretty soulful. You know what I mean? Right. So probably those two. Gotcha. Yeah. I've read about your encounter with God um, at a former auto body car shop uh, <laughs> right. there in Nashville's now worship center. What happened that night? Yeah, I walked in and my my girlfriend from college had invited me. She had seen me about a week prior at a coffee shop um, sitting there. Honestly, she was discerning um, that I wasn't full of happiness at all, even though on my face I was totally faking it. Um, I didn't realize how good I had I had gotten at faking joy. Um, I just didn't know. And I was stuffing down so much resentment and bitterness and just stuff from my childhood. And so she invites me to this worship night. And at that point in my life, I called myself a Christian. Uh, I truly, genuinely believed, like, I'm going to heaven. Like, there's nothing, no doubts about this thing, you know? And I show up to this worship night, and I walk into the building, and I physically felt the tangible presence of God. Like, physically around me, it felt like like a weighted blanket of peace. That's how I explain it. It was just like, whoa, like, almost like, um... Uh, when you're going under, when you're getting surgery and you feel like this, whoa, like peace that puts you to sleep, but in a, in a good way, like just a beautiful peace, um, where I could have laid down and gone to bed, honestly, in that moment. But yeah, I just felt so loved and cared for and immediately, you know, 
the verse that I knew that I, I called myself a John 316 Christian and the verse that I, that I knew was coming to life. Like I genuinely was like, oh my goodness, Jesus is real. He died for my sins and I can be forgiven right now if I turn my life over to him like completely. Yeah. And so I did. It was like a Saul to Paul conversion moment where I genuinely like got on my knees. I didn't even know what repentance was, but I was repenting. I was like, forgive <laughs> me, Lord. I don't know what I've been doing. I'm sorry, God. Just very childlike, very like um, probably slightly emotional, but that's okay. You know, yeah. the Lord loved it. And I... Um, you know, the, the pastors that night, they weren't pastors yet. They were just worship leaders. Sure. We weren't a church yet. And they were, they preached the gospel, you know, and, but before they even preached, I was being ministered to because the atmosphere was set for salvation, you know, and I was getting saved. I mean, I was getting saved, uh, passing from darkness into light, like complete new creation. And after that moment, I would go back to my country co-writing, to my ex-boyfriend, to the lifestyle I was living and I could no longer participate in the things that I was, you know, known for. Um, just so many things changed. The way that I talked, I brought my Bible with me everywhere. I'm pretty sure people called me a Jesus freak. She's one of those. Yeah. I didn't care. I was like, I just met the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and he saved me from hell on earth. Like, not just hell, but yeah. hell. You know, I was like, didn't realize how much darkness I was living in and how unhappy I was and how I was dragging around all this weight on my shoulders and it could be lifted. What? And so, yeah, he completely saved me that night. Well, the first time that I heard Jesus happened, um, you know, as we get songs all the time shot our way, the first time I heard it, when I was listening to you, I thought, you know what? She's got an early day Amy Grant vibe (laughs) to it. That's what I thought. I honestly remember thinking that. Were there any Christian artists that impacted your life? You mentioned Point of Grace. Were there any others growing up or maybe recently that you think, wow, they really yeah. let me grow? Um, well, Point of Grace is a huge one because I my mom would sneak the Point of Grace CD in <laughs> my, my summer camp trunk. So when I would go to summer camp for two and a half, three weeks – I would sneak the Point of Grace CD in my CD player, and I during rest time or whatever, I would listen to Keep the Candle Burning. Yeah. I had no idea what I was singing along to, but it was truth. So sure. it was seeds being sown. So I would say definitely them. Recently, Amy Grant. is funny that you're bringing her up because I've totally gone back into the the archives, uh, back into the originals, yeah. the good old days um, of Amy and Michael W. And, and what's funny about her and you bringing her up is I'm actually managed by her original yeah. manager. Yeah. So there's this cool, redemptive, complete full circle moment happening in Christian music, I think. And specifically in my life, in my artistry, um, I think Amy was hitting on such a genuine uh, faith moment in her life. And that's kind of, I, I truly am all about Jesus. And that's really it. Like Paul said, Christ and Christ crucified. It's very yeah. simple. That's who I am. And I think people feel that genuineness and, and like, that's what Amy exuded, you know, and she, she still is so awesome. And like, I think we're supposed to hang out soon, which I'm going to freak out. I'm going to pee my pants. <laughs> I might freak out. Um, just because that's so cool. You know, yeah. I honor her and her journey through this musical land yeah. as an artist. It's a, it's a crazy journey, you know? So I think her, who else recent, you know, I love Zach Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, I love his genuineness. You can feel it in his songs. Um, you can feel that he he also has a radical testimony. I've heard a podcast of his story, but I didn't know until recently that he he was living in sin, complete 
you know, sin, walked away from Christ for a while, and the Lord completely got a hold of him again. And so, I don't know. I think people like that that have, you know, kind of teetered in and out and now are full on, you know, on fire, fire blazers for Christ. I think we all kind of have a a similar appreciation of like, okay, like you're a, you're a sinner and you've been saved. Me too. You know, um, how's your mom with this whole Jesus happened thing? Oh, she's over the moon. I bet. She is. Well, what's funny about my mama is she always told me that I should sing Christian music. She says, I didn't have ears to hear. Of course, I'm like, I don't remember you saying that. (laughs) But I I kind of remember her saying, like, you should sign with Michael Blanton and you should do that. And I was like, that's not cool. I don't know what you're talking about. Just all this, you know. Normal mom, teenage daughter. Yeah, Yeah. totally. So she she is so overwhelmed. I mean, when, when Jesus happened to me that night, Uh, You know, there was a beautiful sanctification journey that began. And over the course of months and now a couple years now, my mom and I's relationship has just been completely reconciled and redeemed um, and just reignited. I mean, she reads her Bible now and loves. I mean, she already loved the Lord, but she had had some weary days. And so the Lord just refreshed her. And we are. It is beautiful. It's a miracle. Truly. We're talking with Baylor Wilson, a fair trade artist and uh, Jesus Happened uh, author and singer. And so I'm going to give some life advice from you right now. This is so, so important. What's the best way to handle a really slow driver? (laughs) Oh, no. Well... What you do is you start praying immediately that you don't make a wrong decision in that moment. Um, For me, you go around them quickly uh, before you do anything stupid. Because in in my past days, I have honked. Uh, I have not been afraid to honk, which I learned from my grandfather. Okay. Uh, Yeah, he was not. He was not the nicest. Genetics. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Um, What's the best way is to go around them. Do you give them a look when you're driving around them? Like, what are you thinking? I try not to. I try to just keep, you know, practice self-control in those moments and operate in the fruits of the Spirit. (laughs) The Jesus Happened Podcast. You mentioned that. Tell us about that. Yeah, well, uh, we had a snow week in Nashville during, which was supposed to be my first week of radio tour a few weeks back. And I got stuck in um, my in-law's farmhouse and was just chilling. And my husband was out, you know, behind some four-wheeler on a snowboard being crazy and I'm sitting inside like Lord I was supposed to be on the road this week and I was so excited what do you want me to do God and I was just genuinely praying I was like Lord what do you want me to do this week and I felt like I heard start a podcast I'm like are you serious I don't know how to do that so I googled it watched a YouTube video started a (laughs) podcast and next thing I know the Lord was completely writing like the theme behind it which was telling Jesus happened stories. How did Jesus happen to you? Where did he happen to you? Has he happened multiple times? What's he doing right now in your life? And so I I interview my friends, anyone from my friends all the way to Micah Tyler um, and and future guests um, that I won't name yet because I don't know if they're going to be on it. But Amy, Amy Grant. Amy. Jesus happened. Come on. She probably would. (laughs) She's so cool, you know. But yeah, yeah, that's the podcast. It's super... um, Raw. The way that I introduce it is, um, it's the extended version of my three and a half minute song. Okay. So you know, you hear the song and you're like, yeah, that's a testimony. And then you listen to the podcast, you're like, whoa, that's what happened. Yeah. That was the before, and here's the after. I think it really just ignites people's faith and like encourages. Sure. Um, 
believers to like get their faith up, you know, like yeah. drop the weights at, at my church. We sing, drop the weights, pick up the faith. Hey, like very, <laughs> very like beachy. Yeah. But seriously, like it's just an encouragement that everyone has a story. And this is, oh, and in Revelation, it says that we overcome the enemy by mm-hmm. the blood of the lamb and the word of our, our testimony. testimony. Yeah. So I feel like that was kind of the, the theme verse was um, the foundation of it was that verse. And I was like, oh. Let's just talk about everyone's testimonies. It's amazing. That's so. cool. All right, so help these uh, young ladies out right now. What's your favorite makeup or skincare tip? Well, Total guy question, right? I love it. Thanks for asking, <laughs> ladies. Um, I like the brand Tarte, T A R T E, okay. for my foundation. Um, I'm really into this new Bare Minerals um, skin perfecting like powder, and it has a little sparkle in it. That's probably my favorite, and then. I'm pretty bare about makeup. Like, I don't do a lot. Uh, I really don't. I did my makeup in the car on the way here, didn't I? Uh, <laughs> so that's kind of my two favorites. What else? I love um, rose water spray, like, to start before I do my makeup and after for the refreshing part of your day. Um, and hydrating. And hydrating, yeah. Mm-hmm. It really is. And then, let's see. Well, also, don't take this advice from me, but I don't wash off my eye makeup every night, which is really bad, because <laughs> apparently that causes your eyelashes to fall out. It's really bad. So don't do that. Wow. There's your do's and okay. your don'ts. There you go. <laughs> All right. Almost almost done here. How would you finish this sentence? If I have to do blank at home one more time, I'm going to scream. Ooh, that's hard. Um Honestly, right now in my life, if I have to do laundry one more time at my house, I'm going to, and not only my laundry, but my sweet husband's laundry, who throws everything in the dirty clothes, even if it doesn't even smell bad. I'm like, baby, we got to work on this, you know? So that would be Four months into marriage. Just keep that in mind. Four months. (laughs) Here we go, folks. My last question for you, Baylor Wilson. How can I, how can our listeners, our uh, our followers, how can we pray for and minister to you right now? Well, I always ask for wisdom. I always ask, please pray for wisdom and that I would, um, you know, I ask for wisdom and I also ask that you would pray that Jesus remains my first love. Yeah. Always. Um, because I never want to stray that line to where, you know, I'm backsliding into, you know, he's my second or third or fourth love and who's Jesus? I never want to be that girl. Um, I never want to be singing publicly what I'm not doing privately. So I just pray that you would pray for my faith to remain strong, that, um, you know, pray pray that the enemy doesn't have any stronghold in my life as far as thoughts or um, temptation or anything like that. Um, And that I would just keep Keep rocking and rolling for Jesus. You got it. Well, let me pray for you. Father, I thank you so much for Baylor and for her family and for her husband and for just her ministry, God, the way that you've you've called her, the way that you've happened in her life. And so, Lord, I do pray that she is authentic, that she is always real, that you would always be first and foremost of her in her life, the first thought she has in the morning and the last thought she has before she goes to bed and all the thoughts in between. Lord, thank you for where you've got her in her life. Thank you for all that she's experienced and all that she's done. And thank you for her story and the way that you have brought that about. God, we pray that uh, you would continue to bless her steps, bless her voice and her ministry and bless her marriage. We love you and we thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hope Talk, a PCM podcast.